everybody, this is Pierre Quinn, and you're listening to episode 126 of the Leading Wild Green podcast, where my mission is to help you live, learn, and lead with confidence. On this episode of the podcast, we're joined by Dr. Brad Ballard. Dr. Brad is a sports medicine physician, a regenerative medicine specialist, and a faith-based performance coach for men. Before we jump into that conversation, I want to thank you so much for listening to the Leading Wild Green podcast. I mean, you listen faithfully, you review it wherever you listen to podcasts, you share it on social media, even the emails I've gotten about the podcast have been so positive and uplifting. And I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for going on this journey to find out what it means to be an effective leader and apply that to your life. Thank you so much for going on this journey with us. Now, today, I'm excited for you to hear this featured conversation with Dr. Brad Ballard. Dr. Brad is a faith-based performance coach for men. He helps high-achieving professional men optimize their performance and productivity so that they can succeed simultaneously both in work and life. Through his coaching programs, his best-selling book, and his online show, he equips professional men with the strategies to accelerate their achievement in both work and life by teaching a three-step men's elite performance game plan. Number one, prioritize your faith. Number two, optimize your performance and productivity. And number three, clarify your purpose. Dr. Brad is an Amazon bestselling author. He's a national speaker and the host of the online live stream show, Elite Performance with Dr. Brad, addressing topics related to the personal, spiritual, and professional development of men. Dr. Brad is a double-boarded sports medicine physician and regenerative medicine specialist. He has worked with multiple professional sports teams, including his prior service as assistant team doctor for the NBA's Dallas Mavericks. And Dr. Brad is a regular guest on the Dallas ESPN radio show, Inside Sports Medicine. And today, Dr. Brad is a guest on the Leading Wild Grain podcast. So here's my conversation with Dr. Brad Ballard. So I am grateful to be joined on this episode of the Leading Wild Green podcast by Dr. Brad Ballard. Dr. Brad, thanks for being my guest today. Man, I'm excited to be here, man. So, so take us back. When, when, at what point did you get interested in, in medicine and this concept of you know, helping others to find healing and restoration? Yeah, man, you know, that was, uh, it's interesting because I can remember having a conversation with my mother when I was in high school and I said, you know, my, I have no idea why anybody would want to be a doctor, a lawyer, like, that's just too much school, you know? She was like, yeah, son. So it's just ironic how things happen. And then I can remember I was this kid who just couldn't stand blood, guts and stuff when I was younger. I was one of those kids where, you know, if you saw somebody else throw up, like you would throw up, like it was just, I was just like one <laughs> yeah. of those kids, you know what I mean? But um, for me, man, I was just a competitive guy growing up. I had two older brothers. So that was just kind of the nature of the beast in our house. And uh, my oldest brother had a lot of influence on me. He was 12 years older than me. So he really is the person who influenced me to have this drive to just go get it. You can be more than you can be. Uh, you can really change your stars, so to speak. He was an entrepreneur at the time. And so, uh, I just listened to him a lot, and I can remember uh, playing basketball 
And uh, he was just the person that trained me and drove me. And I was a pretty good basketball player, but because of the injury bug, just never really turned out to be much. Well, I went to college and I was so fearful I was going to fail. <laughs> I mean, I just knew, mm. I just knew I was going to fail, man, that um, I worked harder at my academics than I ever did prior to that. And a flip switched because I saw that if I could put the hard work that I put in on the basketball court when I was serious about basketball can actually be put into this area of my life, things could happen. And so I'd never gotten a 4.0 in my life mm. here, but my first semester in college, having taken some pretty difficult courses, I got a 4.0 and I was like, what just happened? Like, <laughs> I just yeah. knew I was going to fail, you know? Yeah. Um, so that was one of those, those aha moments for me. Like, wow, if I, if I go hard, you can, you can experience some level of success. And at the time I was a mechanical engineering major only because I was decent at math. So I said, let me just do that. Well, again, going back to my brother, I had no money after my first semester of college. I had no money at all in college, but specifically at that time I needed a job. He was working as a nurse in the hospital. Mm-hmm. He got me a job working at the nurse in the hospital. And in um, I was a tech. I was kind of the orderly. I was running around, running blood around, uh, doing EKGs in the emergency room. Um, so I got exposed to a lot and I met some other great guys who were doctors and they started kind of planting a seed in my mind. Like, mm. you, know, you could do this if you really wanted to. And I was like, nah, man, come on. Like, nah. And they were like, no, like really, like, you know, we did it. So my brother and I at the same time went on this journey to to go to medical school man and um you know it was just simply rooted from a belief of other people who'd been there before and was pouring into me before i knew it we had both gotten accepted into med school at the same time him 12 years older than me me (laughs) you know in undergrad going to one of the top schools in the country and it's just like wow like what's going on and uh, got there, got into med school, uh, always loved sports. So I said, look, if I'm going to do this, there's going to be athletes involved somehow. Mm. And mm-hmm. so uh, I became an emergency medicine doc. And then I did a sports medicine fellowship afterwards with the intent of working with athletes. And man, through the grace of God, uh, let, me, let me rewind just a second. So Pierre, I had massive dreams. I had hoop dreams. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yeah, I mean, yeah. You're a basketball guy. We talked about the Pistons and, and the Bulls and all that stuff back in the day. And so I was just, I had these hoop dreams that was so vivid. Being in the locker room with with like the guys and, and I mean, you know, being on the court and all of this stuff, right? And those hoop dreams kind of died after high school because I was like, it's not going to happen. And it was amazing, man. So I ended up, my first job coming out of fellowship in sports medicine, fast forward now from those hoop dreams. To, th- to 2011, and I come to Dallas, and I'm working in the clinic as an assistant team physician for the Dallas Mavericks, coming straight <laughs> out of my fellowship, right? And it was this nostalgic moment yeah. when I was in the locker room, and it kind of hit me like a ton of bricks, like, wow, like these hoop dreams came to fruition just not through the door that I thought it was going to be in. Mm-hmm. And in hindsight, I'm like, oh my gosh, like looking at their lifestyle and everything, I'm, I'm, I'm glad it didn't, I, I wasn't a professional athlete. It just comes with more than I think I'd be willing to sacrifice. But, mm-hmm. uh, 
you know, for the first five years of my career, man, we were courtside and, and, uh, um, that's kind of, that's the, that's the fast version of how I got to where I am now. And so now, you know, for me, having been injured when I was younger and even older, I've ruptured my Achilles, you know, playing rec ball. And I mean, to be fully transparent with you, I got a knee injection in my knee yesterday. So not only am I a doctor, but you know, this is my story too. So there's really a level of connection whenever I, I meet with my patients. And I can remember sitting there having had surgery right after high school and the surgeon telling me like, yeah, I mean, you got a torn meniscus and just an injury bug. And I said, you know what? When I finally made that decision to become a physician, I said, I want to be the guy on, on that, con- that end of the conversation so that I can, I can deliver that message in a way that would be encouraging. I know it's not great news, but there's still, you know, there's been so many aha moments with just that conversation in my clinic from letting athletes know there's, there's just more than sports um, and to see them persevere through the course of injury and get back. Um, I mean, just to give you a story, one of, I can remember this, it was almost nine years ago, maybe, one of the top basketball players in the state I saw he had stress fractures that were so bad at the end of the season. He came back to me last year. He's turned into a motivational speaker, author, and came back to tell me thank you, he said, because I thought it was over for me. He didn't know what was going to happen for him. He didn't really dive into his academics. And so that was the start of something new for him. He talks about in his book, that moment whenever I delivered the information, but it was encouraging and he ended up turning his life completely around, has a massive platform, doing well, travels all around the, you know, the world, inspiring younger folks. So it's, it's bigger than just medicine now for me. I didn't see that before. I see it now, of course, but um, that's the, that's the, that's the story. (laughs) And Dr. Brad, so much um, just from that initial story that, so many directions that we could go in. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I want you to talk a little bit about why, why it's difficult for some people to flip that switch. You talked about working so hard as an athlete and then getting to college and realizing, okay, I need to take this energy and put it in a different direction and seeing your success uh, from that. Why, why is it so hard for some people to make that flip? Because some people say, well, if I can't do it in this way, right. then I probably shouldn't try anything else uh, at all. And why do we miss so many opportunities with that, with that frame of thinking? Man, let me preface it by saying this. You know, this is what you're talking about. It's still something I struggle with because even mm-hmm. outside of my practice, you know, I've got a performance coaching company. And, <laughs> you know, um, I forget sometimes that, hey, man, the same, the same type of work ethic, the same thing you did to be successful as a physician, again, you can transfer to, to this area, right? But one of the key things that I think, because on my own accord, I, I don't think I would have put those dots together to get to dive in um, more on one area, that area in college when, when the aha moment came it was because people saw more in me than I saw in myself. 
Had it not been for Dr. Gardner, who continued to push me and was like, why don't you come to this honor society meeting and would just encourage me and, and get me out of my comfort zone. I mean, you can imagine, man, I was just a quiet kid that didn't want to really say much. You know, I was just an athlete stuck in college is how I felt. I was like, I got to do this because my parents said either I got to work or I got to go to college. I'm not ready to work. So let me go to college. But there was there was Dr. Gardner who was there my freshman year who was she just she just saw something in me, man. And I had to borrow that belief to to really get that work ethic. And, and, and then once I got in the hospital, these doctors really kind of started pouring into me. And so as I look back, man, my life is so influenced by the encouragement and the belief of other people in me that I can't take much credit for it, Pierre. I really can't. And so without that, I don't think I would have made that connection. I don't think I would have flipped the switch because I wouldn't have known how, you know what I mean? (laughs) And it's hard for, I think, people to to know how to do something without either uh, modeling the example in someone else or just having somebody else who said, man, you know what? You could do it. We're our own worst enemy, man. (laughs) And like I told you, I had poor confidence. I was sure I was going to fail going into college. But had it not been for Dr. Gardner, had it not been for Dr. Nelson, had it not been for Dr. Hall, like all these people who saw something in me, uh, I don't think I would have been able to flip the switch, man. So I think we, it is imperative to have other people in your life who've been there, who've done that. And probably, I don't know why, I'm just assuming here, probably they see themselves in you and then pour into you we oftentimes can identify our own scars, right? Our own past. And so they may have seen something, man, in me and said, you know what? And I'm just blessed that they did because I never really went out to them. I was just blessed to be in their, in their environment. There are some people who, who might be listening to this and, you know, they say, they'll be saying, okay, that was cool for you. You were young. You went to, you know, went to school, you made this pivot early. And I feel like, you know, I missed a window. I missed an opportunity and I'm kind of just stuck, you know, where, where I am. And I'm thinking about, you know, you're 12 years later, you know, the 12 year difference between you and your brother, um, you know, wrestling with being accepted into medical school at the same time, which flies in the face of people who say it's, uh, who say it's too late. What encouragement do you feel like, do you, do you share for people who feel like they missed their window? Uh, Again, man, uh, even with me launching what I'm doing as a, with performance coaching and as an author, something completely outside of what I do in medicine, I mean, I I even feel that sometimes. I'm like, man, I should have started this a long time ago. So you're speaking my language whenever whenever you say that. But I'm convinced, man, that everybody's story is just their story, you know? Um, And it just happens the way it's supposed to happen. And you know, could we have made different decisions in the past? Sure. But I don't know if it would have resulted in anything different. I mean, you know, I feel like there's just an aha moment when it happens and and there's this level of, uh, I feel like I've got to move. And if that's when you're 50, heck, if that's when you're 60, I love the story of, uh, I think it's Colonel Sanders. When did he start Kentucky Fried Chicken? 
I mean, he was he was in his sixties, if I remember. Yeah, he was he he was not a spring chicken. He was not a <laughs> yeah exactly not a spring chicken. And so, um, you know, things happen for a reason. Um, I can't remember if if I got this quote from you or from someone else, but they talked about how you can only connect the dots looking back. Um, it's hard to connect the dots going forward, but when you can look back, you say, "Oh, that's why that happened then. That's why this happened then." But window of opportunity, I think, can be created at any time. I don't think, you know, and even if you may have felt like you missed something in the past, who knows what would have happened if you, if you took it. At this point, I think we just take advantage of where we are now and, and focus on how we can optimize the window that we have now. How did you get developing an interest in performance coaching? Like what, what led you, okay, sports medicine, but I see another layer here uh, for people who might not come to me for medical assistance, but I could still you know, pour into their live and, lives and help them maximize what they're doing. So even when I was in medical school, man, I feel like I didn't fit. I, I don't know if anybody's ever watching and you were in corporate America or you did something and you just like, I don't really fit the traditional person. So I'll give you, I'll give you an example, man. It was me. We used to call me, <laughs> me and two other guys. We all graduated from med school. We became good friends. We call each other the three musketeers. We were just different from everybody else. And I'm sure there's probably other people in the class who felt like they were different too. But just in our, in our respect, like we used to like to go out. We, you know, we would just hang out. We didn't come from doctors in our family. You know what I mean? We, we grinded to get where we got. And so out of 250 people, really me and these two guys were the ones that connected. And we had always talked about and one of my dreams was I said, you know, I used to always say, I said, well, doctor is great. And I'm, I'm going to enjoy doing that for my career, but I feel like there's something else. Even back then, didn't know what it was, but we would talk about that. Like, this is going to be a springboard into something big. Not to downplay what I do as a physician because I enjoy it. But I always did that. Unfortunately, is being in that world every day, all day, you almost start kind of getting molded into this box, Right? Call it the clinic, call it the hospital, but you start to get pretty rigid and you don't realize it over time. And so I, those dreams of there being something bigger started to get uh, put on the shelf or put to side because it was like, you got to be a doctor. And a doctor talks like this, walks like this, is like this. And so a lot of my identity, Pierre, went into doctor, right? So Brad was second, doctor was first, my responsibilities as a doctor, what I'm trying to achieve as a doctor. And so as that started to happen more and more in my life, um, there became this disconnect, this massive disconnect between work and my professional life and my personal life. And so things were going well in my career, but what was happening at home was not good. I was not being the husband I needed to be, the Christian, the father. And so my success on one end was coming at the expense of my faith and fulfillment on the other end. And much like we talked about on my show, I mean, it, it, they clashed. They, you know, they, it, at, at some point it got to a point where I was like, 
you look back, you're like, how did I get here? I'm not the person that I wanted to be, that I've dreamed of being. And so then started the path of kind of, you know, kind of, I don't want to say finding my identity, but really just kind of a lot of self-reflection, had some coaches. And um, that's when I started to see like, man, there's a purpose behind all of this stuff that's happened. And so through the course of several years and just, you know, pouring into myself, I really started to get that identity back in those dreams and, and started to be very genuine and authentic to myself. Started realizing, man, like my purpose is, is rooted in what's happened in the past. And how can I teach others who've gone through the same struggle, really get to a point where they're succeeding in work and life. And so I've always been like, you know, like you said, a very, like I was telling you, a very driven, hard charging guy. So I can perform in a certain area, but then like we talked about, how can I apply some of these performance principles, meaning setting a, setting a goal and then creating behaviors and habits that will help to reach it into multiple areas of my life. So I started to like these things that I would create a plan for to do for my clinic or succeed in a business that I had. I started saying, what if I became that intentional in my faith? <laughs> like, what if I became that intentional with my relationship with my wife and kids and it became this cool kind of project for my own life of, wow, if I put that stuff on the schedule, because, you know, when it comes to my marriage, there, there's a goal we have now and there are tangible things that we have to do during the week, whether it's date night, time to talk, whatever the case may be that we do on a regularity in order to get a certain result. And so that started, that stuff just started working for me, man. And people were asking, how do you get so much done? How are you doing all this stuff? Like, and you still seem happy. That went and spawned into uh, a business of doing performance coaching. And now, man, that is literally my purpose, man, is to show other men specifically, how do we win, man, without it being at the expense of our, uh, of our faith and, and fulfillment? When you look at back on this pivot that you made in, in terms of looking, okay, doing great as a doctor, you know, career, you know, just kind of checking the boxes. And then you look at the other areas of your life, you know, personally that, that you mentioned, you know, in your faith and your family. When you look at where you were then and then where you are now, because some people say, man, is I'll put the work in for work. I'll put the work in for ball, but you don't understand, Dr. Brad. You don't understand my wife. You don't understand my kids. You don't understand my family. I don't know if I want to put that, you know, type, you know, energy in that direction. And I don't know if I'm going to get the same, you know, payout. When you look at where you were and where you are now, and I know we're all growing and learning and struggling and being mentored and poured into, into you and poured into, but what's, what's one of the biggest, um, What's one of the biggest pieces for you that says, yeah, this work that I've put into being holistic and where I, I point my energy when I look at my family and the other areas of my personal life ha- has been worth it? <laughs> so this is part of what I'm trying to get people to understand, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's only my story that I can I can share that would make this penetrate for people to understand and to buy in, so to speak. I talked about this the other day on my show, which is this idea of 
we're so hard charging and driving for work, which is not our problem. That's almost never our problem. Our problem is that it comes at the expense of, of something else that we're doing. And so we look at our time away from our work as um, it's taking away time. So if I'm working and you know my wife needs me or my kids need me, whatever the case may be, and I gotta go do something, there's this feeling, particularly if you're hard charged and driven toward a certain goal that it's taking away, which is, I mean, that's, that's, that seems pretty reasonable. However, it wasn't until I started looking at it as an investment of time that I would get something back. So if you think about investing time, or let's just talk about investing money. The, the goal of investing money is that when you invest in it, when you invest in real estate, when you invest in a business, that there's going to be a return of investment, right? And so I started seeing this correlation that if I gave intentional time, not talking a ton of time, but intentional quality time toward three specific things, toward my faith, toward my family, and that family part can be broken up in marriage and, and, and children and my fitness. Those three things that if I could spend weekly intentional time, that I actually get time back. And you're like, well, Dr. Brad, how does that work? See, it works a couple ways. When I spend intentional time on Wednesday nights with my wife and it's a movie night or whatever the case may be, whatever we decide to do, and then our monthly kind of date night where we leave the kids behind, Something happens. She knows it's just me and her. It's, it's you know, the phone is away, best I can, right? Um, and that is an investment of time into that. Excuse me. So when I have to come and work and spend a late night, you know what she says? She says, you go do that. And so now it's not, you know, it, my work is now not coming at the expense of that relationship. On the flip side of that, if I don't do that, Pierre, what I've seen is that neglect accumulates problems, right? So if I'm neglecting that relationship because she's not saying something doesn't mean that something is going on or something is not a problem. Oh, man, they're going to have to rewind it and, and listen to that part again. <laughs> because she's not saying something. <laughs> because she, matter of fact, because she's not saying something, oftentimes we'll, we'll recognize that there's a problem. She just don't want to say nothing. So, um, so now the, if I don't do that, it accumulates. Now what happens is then there ends up being a, a bomb that blows up. Or in essence, like I, you know, I talk about healthcare, it's like a heart attack. Because you eat a Big Mac every day, your, your arteries aren't going to tell you I'm hurting, I'm hurting. It's just one day it's going to be a heart attack. So now with all of this neglect, something's going to happen and now I'm forced to take time away and then the business goes down like this. So it's an investment of time. It's the same thing with my kids. You know, for the longest, they're trying to figure out where I am, what I'm doing, my relationships are great. So, and it's the same thing with my physical health. So those three things to me are so important. They must be prioritized. And here's the key, Pierre, before the other stuff that you put on the calendar. So for me, I say Fulfillment first, success second. Listen, everybody who's listening to this, I'm sure it is, I'm telling you, it's not hard for you to go hard at work. 
you may be trying to figure out how to do things, how to lead better. How can I lead my team better in this new position as a leader? Yes. And, but you're hungry for that information. But I'm telling you, you will be a better leader if you put fulfillment first, because there's a couple things that happens. One is when, when I go with my wife and there's still work to be done, there is something that says, I'm just going to have to trust the process. <laughs> now I'm getting, getting myself excited. There is something, there's something that happens when you just have to put your hands, take your hands off of something mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and just say, I'm going to let this be right now. And then it becomes an aha moment that you didn't really lose anything. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing bad really happened, right? And so now life becomes better. You're just in a better mental state, man, to do what you have to do. It, we only have so much mental energy, man. And whenever you know things aren't good in those three areas, man, it takes away from your mental capacity to focus, to perform. So it is imperative that you prioritize those areas of life. Because if not, it's going to come to a point where the heart attack comes. The heart attack in either one of those things happens. And now you're forced to look at it and, and do the work now and you'll reap the rewards on the other. And the other thing you mentioned was, man, somebody saying like, I don't know, you know, like I put time and intention and work. I don't know if I'm going to have the same result in this. Listen, these principles of performance don't discriminate based on what area of life we're talking about. There's a result you're trying to get. There are actions and behaviors that have to be done in order to get there. That's good. You, there's no way you can tell me that if you invest time weekly into the relationship with your wife or kids, that there's no way that it doesn't get better on the other end. Like, there's no way that somebody can tell me that, hey, man, if I pray every day and read the Bible, that I'm not going to b- develop a better relationship with God. Like, there are just these things that have mm-hmm. to happen. And so given enough time, given enough effort and enough intentionality and planning, you'll see it. It's just a matter of time. You, you, you mentioned a list of uh, doctors earlier who were very supportive and integral to your success while you were in in medical school. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes we, we look at networking as something that we only do when we're trying to get a job or we're trying to get a contract or we're trying to get a sale. Uh, what, what, why is it that we need to really develop a, a, develop a muscle mm-hmm. of connecting better with people and not just when we need uh, something, you know, something big or or something that's super tangible, like a job. Why is it just good practice to to connect with more people and to find out who you should be connected to? There's a, there's a couple reasons. I think, you know, for me, I've become so intentional when I think about the different areas of my life. So I, I really kind of, um, you know, I really, you know, divide these different areas of my life. Like we talked a few before, you know, my faith, my family, my health, you know, wealth, career, my calling and interest. Those are seven areas of my life. And I have seen, and listen, you got to understand, you're talking to somebody who at one point in my life for a long time didn't network. I don't even want to call it network did not build relationships. I did not see the value in building relationships, Pierre, because I'm trying to get somewhere, you know? 
Well, with enough of me being hard-headed, you see I'm bald, man. Like it took enough of me just hitting my head against the wall enough, man. Like the hair don't grow no more. But the good thing is I started realizing not only can I succeed with the help of others, it happens faster. Like it just happens faster. It is the accelerator. It is the ultimately, it is the ultimate accelerator of success. So I'm just going to tell for the people who are still in that area of like, oh man, why do I need to build from a selfish perspective? Let me just tell you, you're just going to be better. Okay. Let's just start. You're going to be better. So in each area of my life, man, Pierre, I'm looking for people that are better than me in that area so that I can model them. Right. So I've got a spiritual coach, man. I got somebody who just knows the word better than I do. I've got, a fitness guy who looks better than I do. You know, my wife and I, honestly, we are currently looking for a couple that it's just a good couple to kind of follow. You know what I'm saying? Um, we're looking, I'm looking for people in different areas of my life that I can glean from. But in addition, I'm also looking for people that are kind of, that I can rub shoulders with. You, for example, right? We've become friends recently. Like, there are things that you know that I don't know. And clearly I learned from you from a leadership perspective when you were on my show. It's like, wow, <laughs> like I didn't know that. I didn't see that. So truly, man, iron sharpens iron. So that's one of the reasons. The other thing is, man, there's so many things that have happened in my life because somebody hit me up, called me, emailed me because they were like, hey, man, I was told that I need to meet you from somebody else, right? So the the other thing that should influence someone wanting to do that is, man, it's not, it's, yeah, you hear this, uh, this, the old adage is, uh, it's all about who you know, right? The flip side of that is I feel like it's also about who knows you. And not just who knows you, but how do they see you when they think about you? And when you are intentional about trying to bring value to someone and they know your heart, um, again, that's a, again, it's an investment, man. It's an investment that you may not get a return now, but there may be a return later. And there may not be any return based that you can really like tangibly see like, oh man, I met this person. I did something great for him. And what uh, now I'm expecting you to give me a referral or something back, right? Like, no, not necessarily, but eventually it'll get to this point to where you just enjoy helping people. You know, and when you get to that point, I just feel like things just start connecting, man. People that you're who you've poured into in the past start coming back and hey man, you got to meet this person. So I think not only is it that you have to be intentional about who you want in your life so that you learn and become a better person, but when it just comes to meeting people, be genuinely interested in them. Like ask them how they're doing, you know, (laughs) like be interested in their answer. And when they walk away, they're going to be thinking, man, Pierre is something pretty special. You know, always remember that. And it might be a conversation next week, next month, next year. They talk to somebody like, you know, you really got to connect with that Pierre guy. And that kind that could have been the thing. So a lot of reasons, man, but I, I, you know, I'm at this point now, Pierre, where it's just, it's not about me right? It's not about me. I've got a little bit of wisdom and a little bit of knowledge that if I could just 
somehow bring value to you and just be, you know, help you, that's, that's the reward in and of itself. The reward is not whether I receive something in return, but the reward is that I got a chance to share something with someone else. Because the reality is this, I wouldn't be where I would be had not somebody done the same thing for me. You mentioned earlier a, a patient of yours who you saw him, he had an injury and the, the way that you shared the news with him uh, was re- very impactful for on his life and now the things that he's doing as a result of the pivot that he made. Uh, talk about maybe a speaking engagement or uh, a coaching client or something in that vein where after that experience or after going through a process with you, 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 you took a step back and said, you know, this is the, one of the reasons why <laughs> I'm supposed to be doing this. I'm supposed to, to, to be in this area. Yeah, man. Um, first of all, the, you know, the process. So let's go back to, um, his name was Andre, you know, now mind you that, I mean, he was in high school. Now he's out of college and everything. I mean, this kid was supposed to go, you know, basketball, man. He's supposed to go to Kansas. I mean, he had, he has offers from Kansas and all these big schools. And literally I get this, uh, there was a, there was a friend I was doing business with. It was the most weird thing where the story happened. Her and I were talking and she was like something about, uh, somehow my, my name, here's a perfect example. My name had come up in a conversation between her and Andre. Now, mind you, her and Andre had no idea that they both knew me. And this was happening in Florida. I'm in Dallas. This is at a conference in Florida. Mind you, I haven't seen Andre since he left the clinic that day. And we kind of followed up and that was it. Well, me and, uh, and Jade, the young lady, we had done business together. Things had gone well. And somehow my name came up and she was, and he was like, Brad Ballard? Now I'm telling you the story from what she told me. And he's like, yeah, like, do you know him? He's like, that was my doctor. He was doing a speech at this conference that she was at. And she's like, no way. He's like, no, like, and I've been looking to get back in touch with him. Through a conversation completely separate from me, hits me up, like I said, last year. And I'm like, yeah, no, yeah, I definitely remember you. Tells me a story, man. I go to looking him up, wrote a book, best-selling author of a couple of books. And because of that, he's like, that was the turning point for me. And, you know, you say when you look back, you say, that's why I did it. The thing is, I had no idea the impact that it was having at the time, which is why we should be willing to give our information at any time because you don't know when somebody is going to receive something and is going to change their life, you know, but yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. You know, the process of going through with my clients now and seeing them get the aha moments uh, is remarkable. I can remember I had a client a few years ago, sales guy. He was really trying to, we were doing a lot of performance coaching for him. So he was like number 10 in his company for uh, sales and he was really trying to get up there so we set some goals we put some habits in place a lot of mindset stuff and uh once we were done about a month or two later uh he texted me he was like so we set a goal to get top three (laughs) right (laughs) 
He hit me back. He told me he was one home away from being the number one sales guy in the company. And uh, he was just thankful. You know, he was just like, man, like, I, you know, it, it was funny because it flipped from being number 10 to him being upset because he didn't get that one last house sale. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but it's stuff like that, man. You know, I had a recent client who couldn't get past this mental block of being able to close a sale or and get real nervous. And, you know, he knew it was kind of uh, taking him out of, it was hurting his business. Once we did some coaching for about three months, uh, he started getting more attraction. And uh, right as we were finishing, man, he closed several clients. And afterwards, he hit me back. He was like, man, you know, like, like it's rolling now. So it's, um, it's gratifying, man. I, I'll tell you, Pierre, I think people just don't understand how powerful they are. You know, fear is something that is extremely crippling. And it's the one thing that I feel is the root of everything that is the cause of the hesitation, the cause of the I don't know, the cause of the I'm not going to say something. Or It's the cause of the hesitation is fear. I don't care what anybody says. They say, oh, I just didn't want to offend. You were fearful that you didn't want to offend. Like fear is the underlying thing. And when we can start to face the fear and do it anyway, uh, there's something amazing that happens, man. Uh, and when we can start to see just how magnificent and powerful we are, man, something magical happens, man. Um, people, you know, there's a freedom that starts to happen. And, and, you know, I'm going through that process of my own self still. But seeing people start to see their worth, their value more than they did before we started working together. Uh, man, I'm addicted to that feeling uh, of creating that in other people of their, you know, a greater potential than they have now. You know how you watch uh, YouTube and there are these, you know, 30 second ads that come up. There's these 60 second ads that come up, you know, sometimes they even interrupt uh, the content uh, that you're watching. Mm-hmm. Now, if, I, if I'm on YouTube and, you know, I'm watching a video and inserted into that video is a 60 second message uh, from this guy named Dr. Brad. <laughs> and it's like, has, has, has YouTube been listening, listening to, to my conversations? Because, you know, I was telling a friend that, you know, I'm overwhelmed because I just got this new job, but I have no idea really what I'm doing, or I got some bad news from my doctor, or, you know, I got an injury and it's kind of set me back, or I haven't been able to close sales and I've been having these conversations. And it's like this, you know, this, thing pops up from a Dr. Brad, you know, what, what's, what's going to be in that 60 second clip uh, that, that a person who is going through those things need to hear? Oh man, gosh, I only got 60 seconds. You already know I talk too much, Pierre, but uh, I can tell you um, the message that I I'm going to have to convey is that um, number one, it's possible. If we don't believe that what we're going after is possible, we got no shot. So in that 60 second commercial, I gotta let them know it's possible. I gotta at least get that 
just a little bit of an inkling of that belief that whatever they're facing is possible to overcome. The other thing I'm going to have to talk about is the fear. And that fear usually is rooted in an inability for, there's a lack of belief in themselves, not just the possibility, right? Those are two different things, meaning, you know, if I don't believe it's possible for me to be CEO of a company, then I'm not going to go after it, as opposed to, I don't think I have what it takes. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not the guy, right? So now we have to put that belief that you can. And that if you really, really, really want to change things, and I just feel like there's this fear not only a failure, but man, there's a fear of success, man. Hmm. There's this fear of what if I did do it? It's almost like that. Then I would prove myself right. (laughs) Think about (laughs) it. Now would I've proved myself right and I got to kind of have to live up to that. Then what's next? You know what I'm saying? There's this idea of that. It's like, then what? Then what? What else could I do? If I go after this and I do it, it proves to me I could. Well, then what's stopping me from going after the next thing? And it's, it's, it's a fear of success, man. And so the, the one thing that can accelerate that, like I said before, man, is you need people. I would not be where I am right now had it not been for the people in my life. And so it's possible. You can do it. But in order for you to do it, you won't do it by yourself. Hmm. You just can't. You're going to need yeah. some people. Find the person. If it was my commercial, I'd probably say, talk to me. <laughs> but I would encourage people, man, because it's not just about me. Find someone. Like, find someone because you can be the person that you aspire to be. And way more than that, if you find the people that you're trying to be like. And you can have both, man. You can really win in work and life, man. Life can be what you make of it. Can be, it can be magnificent. And uh, I feel like just reaching out to someone is probably what's, uh, what's the one thing that could really be a game changer for someone. Dr. Brad, shameless plug time. This is your commercial. Shameless plug time. <laughs> Tell us, man, URLs, <laughs> social media handles, uh, YouTube, YouTube channels, Instagram, yeah. whatever. No, how, how can we get in touch with you and find out more about your work and about the no, Yeah, yeah. No, thank you, man. Um, so you can go to my website, which is uh, www.drbradmd.com. That's D-R-B-R-A-D-M-D.com. Uh, on there, you'll, you'll see kind of what I'm about. There's three areas of coaching that I focus on, partic- excuse me, particularly when it comes to men. Uh, I, I do coach some women. So if there's a woman who's watching this and they're kind of interested, you can DM me and we can see if we can, if we can work, but my primary focus is men. And it's really on three areas. Uh, it's, uh, how to prioritize your faith uh, as one area of coaching. Another area is uh, performance coaching. So we're doing a lot of goal setting, uh, habit, I, you know, identifying habits and creating those habits in your life to get to a certain goal and mindset. And then there's the purpose clarity piece. So for those who just feel like there's something else out there for them, I know if I'm not really clear on what it is, or they already have a business and they're looking to get more clear, get crystal clear on what that business is, who they're trying to attract, 
we do some purpose clarity coaching. And so uh, they can find that stuff on there. Um, and then, yeah, I'm on Instagram, man. Um, Twitter, LinkedIn, probably the two most active places I am is Facebook and LinkedIn. And I do some Instagram. Um, but yeah, listen, connect with me on there. Happy to meet you. Happy to talk with you. Um, and then people can book a discovery call on there if they're interested in learning more, particularly, uh, working with me. I've got a book. So the book is called elite, a modern success guide to both purpose and peak performance. Uh, it's an Amazon bestseller and you can find that on my website as well. And, um, I'll be letting you know, whenever, you know, you're not talking about this, I'm doing a men's summit that'll be launched in December. Uh, don't have all the specifics ready for that yet. We got some folks who we're going to be interviewing really high energy guys who talking about how to succeed and work in life. And so, uh, if your audience is interested at some point in the future, uh, I'll share that URL with, with you so that they can, you know, plug into that. It's a free summit, 21 guys getting interviewed, going to blow your socks off, man. So I'm excited about that. Absolutely. Don't, don't forget you didn't drop the podcast. Oh yes. So, um, <laughs> I do, I know, right. Yeah. I got like, you know, like a Jamaican man, like I got, you know, so many different jobs, you know what I'm saying? But no, so I've got a Tuesday live stream called Elite Performance with Dr. Brad. And I interview uh, an expert or influencer every week. And we're talking about how high achieving men can succeed in both work and life. Uh, We dive into areas of how to prioritize your faith, uh, performance principles, leadership principles, uh, purpose, clarity, a lot of business and entrepreneurial stuff in terms of mindset, but also tactical stuff about how to grow your business, tactical things about how to uh, how to improve your personal and professional life. That's every Tuesday, uh, seven o'clock uh, Central Standard Time. So if you go to the YouTube channel, which is Dr. Brad Ballard and um, and you subscribe there, you'll get updates when that show is coming or you can like the Facebook page. So, so yeah. Dr. Brad, thanks so much for hanging out with us today on the Leading Wild Green podcast. I really enjoyed our conversation. You dropped you know, so much insight. I know people are going to go back and, and take notes and process. And you stepped on toes and challenged too. You, you gave us things that we didn't necessarily want to hear, but we need to hear in order for us to experience success. So thanks so much for being my guest today. Hey, Pierre, uh, thank you for having me on here. I'm always honored whenever people, um, you know, have me to be a part of their show. Love what you're doing, man. Please continue to do it. You're a phenomenal leader and uh, you've already helped the lives of many. But as you continue to do what you do, man, just knowing your character, integrity, uh, I know you'll continue to do it more, man. So thank you for what you're doing. Great conversation with Dr. Brad Ballard about his work as a faith-based performance coach and working in medicine and his journey. I mean, so many insights that Dr. Brad shared with us. I want to encourage you to check out Dr. Brad and his work and his podcast and his book. I'll put all the links in the show notes so that you can be just one click away and so that you won't have any excuse to follow up on what Dr. Brad is doing. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Go back and listen to it again if you need to and take some more notes. Hey, that's all I got for this episode of the Leading Wild Green podcast. You know, it's my mission to help you live, learn and lead with confidence. So until next time, take care and God bless.